Welcome to Naming It, where we discuss pop culture, current events, and how they relate to the way that we live our lives, all through the lens of two black psychologists. Naming It is dedicated to acknowledging the elephant in the room, validating the lived experience of people of color. Coming to you from the Bay Area, California, we thank you for joining us. I'm Dr. Bedford Palmer. And I'm Dr. Lamisha Hill. Music on Naming It is provided by Lee England Jr., the sole violinist. All right, all right. Here we go. Welcome to Naming It, episode three. Good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are. Thank you so much for joining us. So, um, where do we start? We we're, we're back, episode three. It wasn't just a blip. We are going to be here on a weekly basis, giving y'all stuff, naming things. Um, how you feeling? I'm feeling very, very blessed. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world still. And just want to... I'm a faith-centered person, so I'm going to go ahead and name that and just know that God is everywhere and hopefully covering me and you and keeping us through all these times. All right. So if I don't say now that I'm a faith-centered person, I'm going to get my my mom, my grandma, somebody is going to step up and tell me that <laughs> I'm, I'm doing something wrong. Uh, I'm also a faith-centered person. I'm more a spiritual person. Um, but... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. I shouldn't have. Uh, I feel like I'm stepping on things. I just felt that pressure. Do y'all ever feel that pressure when 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 faithful people talk, or when um, they when they pray over their food and you already started eating? Yeah, I, I pray over my food. I do that to folks. Okay. See, like because I think that there's a, a spectrum and there's different practices, right? Um, and when um, I. I feel like my dialogue is like an internal dialogue, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm definitely not the evangelistic type. I have issues with that from colonialism and all that. But like, um, at the same time, I'm from I'm Southern Baptist all day. I can't go to church if you ain't, if ain't, there's not somebody yelling and screaming and the gravel in the voice. I need the gravel. You know what I'm saying? Need it. Need it. I, I can't do. Anything so yeah. We're we're gonna come back to this conversation because yeah. Bedford and I have had another discussion about churches in the Bay Area. Oh you're gonna get us in trouble. I know. Okay. I know. So we'll we'll come back to it. Yeah. So that's not really what we were <laughs> that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> but we just want a little covering yeah. over the space that we're in right now. So and and we hope that you are stay covered as well. Or not, if you don't want to be covered, you know, if you ain't, I'm just, just saying, like, not everybody is, Look, you know. we all, okay. I mean, you know, it's it's a podcast. It, it's it's welcoming to all, but you don't got to believe anything you don't want to believe. So we just wanted to start out by saying thank you to the followers. Yes, yes. I wanted to throw, oh, go, go, go ahead. The retweeters. The retweeters, the followers. Yo, um, our folks with, uh, who have gone out of our way the five people who have given us uh 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 there's five people who've given us a five star rating on uh on in, on what's it called iTunes right and we got two people who've actually uh given us reviews so we very much appreciate that it 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 means a lot to us we're not saying you have to give us those high ratings but if you really believe it in your heart then uh, go ahead, like we said, and name it and uh, and help us out so that we can, you know, put this out to more folks. Uh, 
Yeah, so thank you. Thank you, everybody. Much appreciated. So today we're going to continue to discuss the intersection of Black Americans, our Black experience, our psychologist experience, and what's going on in the world, uh, particularly domestically around policing in the, in America. Right. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, where do we want to start at? Uh, we want to start off light and then take it... Let's go with a little bit of levity. I do love how how black people always have a way of putting a little humor on it, right? To make it palatable. Tragic right? comedy. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of like that hot sauce, right? You just put a little hot sauce on it. <laughs> hot sauce? <laughs> yes. I don't know about the hot sauce reference. It um, is like hot sauce to I me. Mean, but hot, I mean, comedy and hot sauce? Yes. Right. But it, it mixes together. You can't just throw hot sauce on everything, though. You know what I mean? Like, I... Depends I feel, on what kind of hot sauce it is. Well, I'm just saying, I, I feel like it's a reference right now. And like, oh, hot, hot sauce, sauce is, yeah, is a reference? Yeah, hot sauce in my bag, um, swag, all that stuff. I mean, I do not carry hot sauce in my bag. You don't? I, no. What about, do you carry a bat that says hot sauce so you can like go all uh, shooting on people? I do not have any bats in my trunk. At one point, I did, did roll around with a bat in my trunk. I'm just being honest. Okay. Now mm-hmm. I, I, ha- don't, I have Don't no- roll up on Dr. Lamisha Hill. <laughs> You might catch have, a hot sauce no, to the forehead. <laughs> I have no no objects that could be utilized in any kind of way. I'm sure you have possession. some. Do not roll up on I Dr. Lamisha Hill. I do have some. Just don't have people thinking that you can't do something. We all have have our little go to object okay. in our household, though. All right, all right. Anyway, all right. anyway. Yeah. The humor, right? The so humor. starting with a little bit of levity, I have to have to give like, it up to. Go ahead. Awesomely lovey. Love. Okay. Over on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, a great, great piece, a great thread around Blacksit. Blacksit. Yes. All What's the- that? That's a playoff of Black and Exit, like mm-hmm. Brexit? It is a playoff of Brexit. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So what's this? I've seen a little bit. You tell tell us more. So if we were to leave, and that's, that's part of the joke because we ain't going nowhere. But if we were to leave, and maybe some people are going somewhere, but I'm just going to say I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. I got land, yo. <laughs> that all the stuff that it that if Black Americans were to you know reappropriate or claim all the wonderful gifts and talents that we that we contribute to the world, you know what would be missing um, from folks' everyday experiences? And it ranged from from you know things that you couldn't live without and things that you don't want to live without. So I'm mm-hmm. just curious, you know, if you if you were going to go metaphorically, what would you take with you, Bedford? What would I take with me? What would I... What would, would I you culturally appropriate back? Reappropriate? Yes. Uh, repossess my culture? Yes. Um, that's a hard one. I, I, when I... I You know, honestly, uh, there's a lot of different things that I think is... The, you know, I mean, if I was just going to be a jerk about it, I'd take, you know, stoplights. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, we all bounce and take all the stoplights with us because, you know, they were invented by, by a black person. And so now you guys can just figure out how to get through your intersections on your own. You know, uh, uh, but I guess like I, I think uh, there's in terms of culture. I mean, we could talk about food or we could talk about um, we could talk about music. We people talk about music all the time. So I would take the food away. I think that there was a. Like when you talk about Southern food and you talk about like Africans, like African food and Afro-Caribbean food, that's some of the best stuff in the world. And if 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 only one group can have them, I'm going to take that because I need to, you know, I need to to eat good food with hot sauce Uh, or that doesn't need hot sauce added because it's already got spice in it. Because it's already talented and wonderful. That's good. What would you what would you I, I would have to take the music. 
I, the I music. would take the music and that's have to get some, some back pay. Exactly. Like all of it. That's all of it. You know? Is there a music form that, well, classical? No, but no? but I believe, and I don't know which classical artist it is, but one of them is claimed to be black. Oh, as well, oh. So. oh okay. okay. You okay. take that too. You take that too. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't want to put it out there wrong in the air because I think the the interesting thing about reading it online was that there was this, this argument from from the the Twitter trolls of that's not accurate and and black people didn't create that and this was not you know, and it's like y'all can't even take a joke. Well, I mean, whether it's a joke or not, there was a lot of things that that um that we've contributed to the society. Absolutely, that's the point. Yeah. The point is that the contributions are are much needed and need to be recognized. And yeah. the impact would be felt in its absence. Right. And I mean, if we're going to talk about it, you know, if we can go a little bit uh, about just people's well-being, um, there's a reason why there's movements to put forward things that black people have done. It's, it's because we've been erased from history in, in, in the United States. So, you know... We history's literally been whitewashed, and so you don't know the accomplishments that you've had. And from mm-hmm. like a career theory perspective, right? There's a whole theory about people circumscribing who they're going to be. You know, like right. I can be this, I can be that, but only within what I've seen. You know, so if you don't know that we've you know fought in wars and and flown fighter pilot fighter jets and that we invented complex machinery and and we're engineers if you don't know that we were navigators if you don't know that we were astronauts if you don't know Mm -hmm. that we were psychologists and and medical physicians and nurses and lawyers and all the different things basically everything that there is we've done there's no first there's first that people kind of come up with but we've been doing stuff for a long time Mm -hmm. um then you think you can't and then you just accept what people give um and and so, you know, there's levity to it, but at the same time, just like most things that come out of the comedy of black people is that we take these tragedies and we make them palatable and livable by laughing at them. Right. Right? Wonderful. And, uh, yeah. So, um. What are, what are some other things going on in the world? And I think that we, there's, there's some different things happening in sports, right? Oh, oh, uh, we have the greatest of all time, um. It's uh, tennis. I know it's tennis. I was trying to give you that. You oh, say you wanted you wanted me to say it. We wanted to we wanted to give a, it's like a, a snaps a snaps to, and to, lots of love a, yeah. to our girl Serena. Yes, congratulations. Greatest of all time, greatest of all time. And it amazes me her level of class and humility and just boss bossness. Right. Bossness. 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 Make up a new word. Bossness. Because we do that. We do that sometimes. We make up new words. I, I have to say, out of all athletes, I've I was I've been shocked and appalled at how disrespected Serena Williams has been um, by other athletic communities, other co-athletes uh, in the tennis arena. Mm-hmm. The whole thing with the pillow underneath the skirt, and you know, walking around with the extra looking. F- to, to sort of try to replicate or emulate aspects of her body parts. And it was just disrespect, disrespect, disrespect all over the board. And she remains to be the, to be the best. And I just want to acknowledge her. Well, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, how long has she been the best? I mean, it's been, it's been like almost two decades. Is it two? It's more than two decades. 
Like, has there been another American athlete who's dominated a sport for that long? And I'm going to answer the question for you. No, there hasn't. She is literally, and I'll take whoever wants to get with me on this, and I'll go pull my sports people to come and jump on Twitter and jump with y'all, is she's literally the best athlete in American history. Period. Okay? I mean, you might be like, oh, Jordan or whoever, ain't nobody have 20-something rings. That's all I'm saying. She got them plates. She got stacks of plates. Have you seen the plates? <laughs> stacks on Have you stacks. seen the platter she gets for, from, from winning? <laughs> I've seen she hold. She got a gang. I mean, like, she could have served. she does with those? Uh, she could feed, like, football teams and basketball teams. I mean, like, how many of those things? You And they're, like, huge platters. They're not little plates. You could do some, like, you know, some, some communal eating off of those. Absolutely. I hope. They, I mean, I hope they're not just out. I mean, you know, platinum and, and gold, you can eat off of that. That's good. And, and you know what else is coming up in sports? What's up? The Summer Olympics. Summer Olympics. Yes. Uh, go to <laughs> go to Brazil and get sick. Uh, <laughs> we don't wish that upon anybody. Don't but, we, but, No, but. I'm saying uh, that's what will literally happen. Um, have you heard about some of the stuff that's going on out there? I, I mean, have not. Help it. Educate me a little bit, Bedford. Well, I heard, uh, I was reading that the police have decided that they're not going to police during the Olympics. Oh. Yeah. And um, there's uh, the there's a lot of folks who are going to be doing rowing and um, doing swimming and, like, stuff where they have to go through normal waterways. Um, and they have to wear special antimicrobial suits um, that probably won't work. And they're going to get sick. And it's, you know, it's like this thing about being pushed to be the best at, at something and working your whole life towards it. I totally get the understanding that that's not going to get in the way of most people. They're going to go and do their thing and mm-hmm. work on what their life work was. Um, I just find it, it's kind of a shame, not kind of, it's, a, it's quite, quite a bit of shame that these people have to go and be subjected to it. But more than that, um, I mean, dang, like we all know what having the Olympics does or any of these large events do to local populations and how much money is lost, how much, how much people, how, how many people are displaced. Uh, people are dying building stadiums and stuff. I mean, it's hard because I, I really, I, I'm, my favorite is gym, is the, is the gymnastics. I know, but, but for like, the, the, all the, all the, I, I just have to inter- interrupt because, you know, I just wanted to stay on the black excellence piece and now you just, Bring, making me think about contaminated water and all kinds of stuff. I just wanted to shout out to the U.S. Olympic women's gymnastics team. Hey, hey. Well, I mean, hey, 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 you know, wear gas masks. You know what I'm saying? Like, Stop it. Hey, you know, uh, oh get, get that, uh, use that, that high level DEET and keep them Zika flies off you. Um, but I think it's dope. I, I just can't not say the full context. I mean, okay. I feel like. You know, I got some. Look, I got I got people who would call me out for like big upping. I know you know who you are. You'd be like good radio show, homie. But what about what about the Zika, homie? What about the what about what about the exploitation of Brazilian people, bruh? Why are you bringing wanted, up gymnastics? That's what I they'd just be like. To, we were on so, celebrating of the black excellence. We can celebrate with all that's going on in the world. I just wanted to celebrate. I think we can celebrate, but we also there are some outstanding women of color on the U.S. gymnastics team, along with they have some other great peers with them by their sides. I, we do nothing in isolation, nothing alone. So I can't just can't just shout out, you know, the, the three women of color and not acknowledge the other two. Okay, plus okay. the 
alternates. So all right, all right. Wish them, wish them very, very well. And I look forward to the Summer Olympics. Don't, don't try to. I like the. Don't summer. try to steal my joy. I might, I might even buy a TV. You might not know this about me. I don't own a TV. Oh Lord. <laughs> Why people always have to brag about not owning TV? I don't own a television. I don't know what's been on. Well, that doesn't make sense. But go ahead. Go ahead. I do not own an actual television screen. I do watch programs on my laptop. So I watch. I consume considerably a lot less amount of not helpful television. Why? Why? Why is the television you consume more helpful than the? Television I say that it's not for me. It's not for me. I mean, how do you consuming even know? You less television has been beneficial in my life? So I like not having a TV. I will. I will admit that I still do have cable because something about the bundle. They're like, don't unbundle. wait. You have wait, wait, wait. <laughs> now we got a whole another problem. You're telling me you actually have cable. I do you're have paying, cable. You're I, paying into the the, the television industrial it. complex and not on, benefiting. I watch, I watch it on my. You just giving donations to like to the cable companies. I'm not even gonna say their names. But you the can, the amount that I use is still, I still get my value. I'm all about my value, and to unbundle it and just have internet didn't make sense. If you I need a television, this. and I share it with people. I should. I should. You, you you might it's not. Like I don't know if you can say that you share. <laughs> like she, I hope you don't. You share it with people who I don't have like on a your splitter. own. Machine. I don't have a splitter yeah. running out of like my apartment window. Look at you, like. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is, I, you know, we I'm don't, just I don't want to get... You know, even both of my parents, my parents are divorced, but both of them are always like, hey, can we buy you a TV? I'm not going to come visit so you. So someone's going to give you a free have, TV and you don't own one? They have threatened to not come visit until I, I buy a TV. <laughs> we ain't hanging at your house. I need I need something on I need something on the oh. screen. I like cable. I like having I like I like not having to sit there on one of these like like Netflix or Hulu or something like that and going through it and spending like forty five minutes trying to find something you haven't watched. That's because you're indecisive. No, it's wow, wow. <laughs> There's plenty of, of programs to pick from. There's live TV that you can watch online. I can turn on CNN right now. That's true, I guess, but that's probably because you have the cable package. Yes. Yeah, but then you just turn your TV on. I don't you have need a TV. TV. You should own a TV. Maybe Everyone should own you, a TV. If you want to get me one. The revolution actually will be televised. <laughs> I know we love this song, but the revolution. See, you're going to be sitting there. Be tweeted. See, let, let, me, let me reenact the actual revolution. <laughs> power to the people. Power to the people. Black Lives Matter. Everybody's doing their thing outside. And, Lamisha, out and Dr. Lamisha Hill is sitting in her house bopping. Because she don't got the news report popping up. And so the, the revolution just passes you by because, you know. It's on Twitter. It's on Periscope. I live down the street. I can hear the revolution coming. Uh, you need a TV. Um, I will gladly accept one if you would like to purchase me Your one. mom and dad already offered and you said no. No. I'm ready. And I, think, got... I think I'm ready for oh, TV. Okay, then go get you one, Doc. Anyway, speaking of TV, you want to talk about the Emmys? Uh, Okay. Uh, there's more black people on them. <laughs> Apparently. Because they got scared. I don't know. Maybe they're scared because they didn't want Emmy So White to be a thing. Or or maybe that these shows are really phenomenal. They were already phenomenal. That I mean, that's not in question. The question is whether they're going to get acknowledged by a bunch of folks who don't see us. Right? So, I, I you know, I feel this way about uh, something one of my mentors told me a long time ago. Is um never look for never look for validation in the face of your oppressor, mm. right? Mm. Um, Say it again. Never look for validation in the face of your oppressor. 
uh, that was told to me by Dr. Thomas Parham. And I'm sure it probably came down the line from other folks. Uh, so I don't want to put people out. But um, the idea is that we can't like spend our lives jumping around thinking like whenever they acknowledge us or tell us that things are good or that we did well, that that is the indicator of whether we did well or not. Mm-hmm. You know, we do well, we do good, we do beautiful things all the time, whether they acknowledge it or not. And when they do acknowledge it, heck yeah, accept it. You know, accept the hell out of it. Go in, have your party, do your speech. Thank thank God, thank your mama, thank your, your better thank your partner. Don't forget to thank your partner. I've seen that happen before. Um, and and do that. But like I I'm not gonna give them a cookie for it. I'm not gonna give the 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 Oscars or whoever it is, I'm not gonna give them a cookie for doing something they should have did already. You know, do your job, you do your job, good things happen, and that's it. Now to the folks who are gonna win, my blackish folks, for instance, because I love yo, Anthony Anderson, you know what I'm saying? Um uh, what's what's his name? Uh you don't remember the sister's name? I know she's uh, a Ross. Ross uh, oh, Lord. Now we got to Google it because Bedford yeah. feels bad. See, I'm the I, one that doesn't watch TV, so you can't call me out. Tracy I, Ellis Ross. Tracy Ellis Ross, thank you. We know who you are. We love you. You're you're so awesome. Both of you are awesome. And um, you deserve to win. And whether you win or not, you're still awesome. The show is awesome. Like, you've done wonderful things out there and if you you know i you know y'all rich and stuff but i'll still buy y'all lunch if you ever come around because we appreciate you because when i have my tv on and i turn it on and i want to see some blackish and it comes on it makes me feel good at the end of the day after dealing with all this stuff outside okay which i see you can get on hulu too but i'm just saying Uh all right all right so So last week we we talked about a, a few different experiences um, that we had in our in our lives, and one of the things that you brought up that is still kind of jumping off in the world is this Pokemon Go. And I don't, <laughs> I'm not a video game game. I you don't, 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 don't want to catch is. them all. You don't want to catch them all. I, you know, no, I don't. It's funny because I, I saw that article that was written about it. Um, and if you want to see the article that I'm talking about, you can go to. Uh, Naming it podcast.com mm-hmm. and we have some of the stuff on there. Go check out our website. But anyway, um, the, the thing was is that I read that before I ever downloaded it. I read and it said basically that if as a black person, uh, or actually I didn't, I, I downloaded it first and I had kind of this weird experience in that, uh, it validated it. But like, uh, you know, this idea that we can't play this game that's taken the, the world by storm kind of pissed me off i gotta be honest it was like what i don't get to use this you know mm-hmm. and, and if you don't know me like people who do know me they know that i'm not one to like say they don't want me here so therefore i'm not gonna go it's like if you don't want me there i'm coming in with my friends yo mm-hmm. like i want a membership i want i want i want the i want the 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 good wine i want the the good food i want off i want the company plates i want all of it you know because the spaces can't be policed in that way, right? Mm-hmm. And so, it. Go ahead. Go so ahead, you go. had you had mentioned this idea of, of that there was some dissonance. Yeah, yeah. It's, can you explain what dissonance is? Um. So, okay. So, like the idea that 
I wasn't allowed to do this thing, right? Mm-hmm. So Pokemon, like straight up, you know, I'm a kid, a child of the the 80s and the 90s, right? Pokemon was actually something that was happening when I was a little bit older than I was a little bit older than it, but I watched the show, Ash, all that stuff, right? Um, so it's it was you're shaking your head. I ain't got no idea what you're talking about, but continue. Well, you know, you need to up your cultural knowledge game. You know, you got people who, anyway, um, so. I had Nintendo. I had all that. But um, uh, I didn't have the Pokemon game. The thing that I think is it, it really pushed me about this was the fact that I did enjoy it. I like the idea of, of this augmented reality. I, I'm kind of a techie person in certain ways. Um, it's something that would be natural for me to be a, to, to, to involve myself with personality wise. Uh-huh. Um, and like I was talking about, like we were talking about last week, um, we've been told over and over again that we are equal that mm-hmm. we are supposed to be uh enfranchised with everything that has to do with the United States this land is our land and your land and all that other stuff that's still in my head even though I've learned all these things that tell me that that's not really the case um so when we talk about dissonance dissonance is this cognitive um phenomena where as a person uh knows one thing and does something different, it causes discomfort. Okay. So if I was to, if I'm to think that I am a free person in the United States, then I should be able to act freely. If I don't, if I, if I, if I choose to limit myself to not act freely, then I either have to change the way that I'm thinking about it mm-hmm. or I have to, um, change my behavior. If I don't do, if I, if I keep them inconsistent, then I'm going to literally feel this cognitive pain. Right. Um, and so dissonance acts on all kinds of parts of our life. Um, in this case, I wanted to reduce the dissonance inside of me um, by enacting my freedom. Uh, and that meant that I got to go look for Pokemon. And I went and I found a Ratatat and I found a Staryu and I found uh, I got a Pidgey that turned into Pidgeot and I got all my little Pokemon guys. Right. And I went to the gym and did all that stuff. Um, and it was fun. Uh, but at the same time, the dissonance remained because I still was paying attention to my, my, my surroundings. I wasn't trying to do anything, you know, irresponsible or, or unsafe. Um, let me ask this. Is this a game that you could play with other people? You can play it in groups. You can, everybody could be walking together. So maybe, so maybe for, for, cause it sounded like what you said was that having that experience in, within yourself and then reading that somebody published an article having the same experience validated the things that you were feeling. Absolutely. So it's, it's highly likely that there are other brothers and sisters out there wanting to play this game and feeling like I can't be wandering around with mm-hmm. my phone or mm-hmm. in these random places that might uh, expose me or make me look even more suspicious. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you played in groups, perhaps we can have a different experience. I don't know. I I got to no, no, actually I don't agree with that. You don't? Because, I don't know. I don't know. So, That's why I'm asking. I mean, like, I, would you want to play with well, other people or like to be I, in community with other folks that are playing the I game? I think it would be awesome, but if we're talking about safety-wise, groups of black people walking around it, it, that causes stuff, right? I mean, we all make these jokes about, oh, there's three of us in the hallway. This must, you know, something bad's going to happen. So, I, no, don't get me wrong. I do think that would be awesome. I would, if 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 there was a meetup group for yeah, us to like go do that, yeah, 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 like yeah. I would be. That'd be fun. I'd be all about that. 
The problem is, is that in the United States, if we did something like that, more than likely we would get hassled, especially if we didn't pick the right times to do it. So if you're not someone like me, who's a professor, right, who basically has the summer where I am structuring my own time and I'm able to like go out at noontime and walk my dog you know, in between writing something and doing this other work and then go and find some Pokemon for fun and get some exercise, you know, and then you're relegated to doing it after five, which means that, yo, the light's going away. Once the lights turn, once the, the street lights turn on, things can get weird. Not to mention if you're walking around the wrong, quote unquote, wrong side of town, which is the town that they don't want you in. So all that stuff kind of goes into it. And, and, you know, another concept that we can talk about that you brought up when we were talking before is uh, the idea of uh, uh, oh, what's whistling Vivaldi. Uh, stereotype threat. Stereotype threat, right? Why do we have to think about this? Like, how much do we have to deal with this dissonance and how much does it degrade our, our, our everyday life? Mm-hmm. You know, because if I'm constantly processing, thinking about all these things, feeling this weird pain around it, right? then what am I not thinking about? What am I not doing? What am I not enjoying and feeling and being in the moment in? And out of the the many privileges that white people have, I think being able to just go about their business without thinking about race mm-hmm. is the biggest, you mm-hmm. know? And um, it's also the most insidious because it also means that thinking about race, bringing that dissonance in is painful. And therefore there is a punishment for being woke, right? And they don't, I don't think a lot of people understand that black people, the punishment for not being woke is a lot higher than the punishment for being woke, but it's both punishment. We don't like talking about it or thinking about it either. Hmm. But if we don't, bad stuff can happen because then you're playing Pokemon Go in the middle of the night under somebody's place and then they shoot you. That's what happens. That's what could happen to us. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Really? But because I'm going to shake my head just a little bit. Okay, you can shake it a lot of it. What's up? I'm just having a... I, I understand on this sort of theoretical or what's the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I and I wouldn't ask for you for you or for anybody else to, to test out that theory of can you play Pokemon Go in the middle of the night in the dark? Or even not in the middle of the night, but just in the dark. Okay. So, but but what are you shaking your head at? Because I just want, I, I guess it's the the hopeful part of me says that you sh- you can play the game. <laughs> the hopeful part, yes, that you should enjoy going out there and playing the game. I, yeah, you know, shoulds. I don't, I don't, I can't do the shoulds. The shoulds make me angry. Yeah. Um. Because I, yeah, I, we all should be able to do the things that, um, that any reasonable person should be able to do. But the reality is, is that walking around at night is dangerous. Not just because of racism, but because walking in, around at night is just dangerous. Um, I think that f- one of the things that we have to do to take care of ourselves is to figure out what our balance is. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a thought process when I went out and I started using the app. I literally figured out, you know, what's, what are the pros and cons? What can I use this for? Is this fun? And one of the big things is, like, I need to exercise more. You know, it's something I know for me. It's something I try to work on. Um, yesterday I did that. I had 9,000 steps before the afternoon because I was just walking around aimlessly. I didn't catch how long I was walking. My dog got some exercise. I got some exercise. There's a benefit to it. Uh Um, 
would there be a benefit to doing it in other circumstances? Maybe, maybe not. But being able to kind of think that through and figure out what works for us is is important. But anyway, yeah. So that was Pokemon. Well, uh, we've spent a lot of time on Pokemon. Um, so we've talked about Serena. We've talked about the Emmys. We've talked about the Pokemon. And uh, did we say you know Simone Biles, Gabby Douglas? We didn't. Allie, I didn't name them. Ra- well, I'm trying to name them. Ali Raisman. Lori Hernandez. The first Puerto Rican. Ever. First Puerto Rican. On the um, And Madison Kokayan. Is that right? Kosayan? I, I don't know how you say your last name. Uh, but all these folks are like the, the women's the women's gymnasts for the U.S. And they're going to represent and, and kick butt. Uh, but yeah. So that's what's going on, right? That's what's going on in the world of U.S. Olympics, women's gymnastics. Well, so. But that's also our segment, What's Going On? At oh. the end of our... What's yeah, going on segment? What's going on? Yeah, we have a segment called What's Going On. Yeah, right? Yeah, okay. absolutely. All right. That's what's going on. That's so what's let's going get on. on let's get, let's get on to some real talk. Real talk. Real talk. We had a powerful conversation last week and I shared openly about my experiences, uh, both good, bad, and in between uh, with law enforcement. Right. And just to recap for those of y'all in this moment, I had shared three experiences, uh, one being uh, an early experience as a a young driver and being pulled over for not having my headlights on and encountering with an officer who at the time was under a protocol within their department that required this individual to give me, freely give me his name and his badge number and to make a statement about um, acknowledging if I had felt discriminated against that here were the steps that I could take to resolve or address that situation. Second experience that I had that I shared was um, dealing with an officer who, while be- was polite, was actually likely breaking protocol. And I didn't tell you the two things that he did. Well, not many things that he did. One, he pulled me over. He told me that my tags were expired when they were not. Secondly, he never asked me for my ID. And I didn't tell you that. Thirdly, at some point, he asked me if I had been drinking. And I said no. And then he asked me to stick my head out of the car window to try to issue some sort of field sobriety test so that he could see my eyes in whatever light. I was was like, really? Is that that really? Like, you can't make that stuff up, right? None of that is accurate or probably above board. Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, as a child dealing with an officer who had sort of a repeat stop of my mother when she was, you know, driving the car and I was in the backseat. And I think the situation with Philando Castile really, really highlights that, that regardless of that, that officer decided to shoot him when there was a child in the backseat. How reckless is that? Right. Open yeah. fire. Well, he doesn't see, I mean, well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It, yeah. blows, it blows my mind. Right. It blows my mind. So having those three experiences and what you describe as defined as an encounter moment. And when I reflect upon that, what what comes up for me is the inconsistency. And that there's not a standard in my experiences that the standard is not the same. Right. That I don't know which type of encounter I'm going to have with someone. You're talking about with police? With police. Exactly. Like if I'm going to encounter, you know, a really above board individual who's polite who does the, does their job 
effectively and professionally or someone who might be nice but be engaging in their job you know inappropriately or not following you know at accurate protocols or if, uh, if you're just going to get someone who is power tripping right. or you know right so you're talking about like the we there's not really any regulation of mm-hmm. of policing so that you know that you're going to get the same policing one place versus another place absolutely um and there's no regulation, or at least it doesn't seem to be very much regulation of police officers to make sure that they're all trained and certified in the same way. And they'll treat us based on our same rights, because just because you leave one county doesn't mean that your rights change. Right. Absolutely. But that isn't actually how people experience it, especially if you're a person of color. If you leave the wrong side of town, um, suddenly you become persona non grata and you can't actually be there mm-hmm. um, and people stop you. You know, you put this, uh, I saw that you on the, the Facebook page, you shared this uh, uh, Family Matters clip um, where Eddie Winslow got, he got stopped by two police officers and harassed and put on the ground and handcuffed. And if you don't remember Family Matters, Eddie Winslow is like the son and then his father is a police officer. And so the scene is his father going in and basically he's a sergeant and these guys are officers and he went into the donut shop and, um, you know, basically read them the riot act and told them to, to, that they, they're wrong. And he, he kind of ended it by making this reference to, uh, the, the, there's a rookie and he's saying, you know, are, are, did you, why'd you come into this? And he said he wanted to be one of the good guys. And he said, well, your partner's one of the bad guys. Um, and I thought that was really interesting because it showed like police regulating themselves, like what you would hope a police officer would do um, in, in the case of, of anyone being harassed unjust, unjustly. Um, and I know that that happens in certain cases, but it seems like it doesn't happen very often. It doesn't happen enough. And the, and the officers who actually do that kind of thing, they're not supported by their apartments. They're not supported by the structure. And they probably have pretty bad consequences for trying to hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder, how do we help those officers? How do we how do we help people to structurally change their institution from within? Um, Because we know it's not a bad apple thing. It's about the institution doesn't support officer accountability. Mm -hmm. One of the other things that that you mentioned, Bedford, in our conversation was this idea of the cost of of not just to the public, but to the cost of the officers uh, when they are not trained well or they don't do their job effectively um or when they make those mistakes right and that is the institution actually responsible right in what ways is the institution responsible for putting them in harm right because underneath the uniform they're still a human being right i mean if you listen to what happened with the the officer who shot um philantro um he was obviously in hysterics you know he had a bunch of adrenaline going um he didn't know what to do. He was like yelling out like his revision of what had happened. So he could try to like, I don't know, uh, get it on camera, his account. But, um, as a psychologist looking at that, I mean, I can't diagnose him. And, and, and just as an aside, whenever psychologists or therapists or psychiatrists go on TV and say they can diagnose somebody from a clip, that's highly problematic. Um, it takes us hours and hours and hours of work to come to a diagnosis. Um, and even then it's questionable. Um, so just shout out to, to the folks who are doing that. You need to stop. Um, so yeah, I said it. I don't care. Come find me. You can, you can look me up. Um, calling out. (laughs) 
I would, lo- I would this, love to this, call them in. Right? Well, yeah, we'll call, you know, I'd call somebody. But anyway, it bugs me. I, I don't like, I you know, and I'll just be real, like, the same passion I have for other people doing their job right, I have for us doing our job right. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So when we're talking about these um, the, these police officers who um, go out and they do a bad shoot, you know, whether they do a good one or a bad one, um, there's trauma that occurs. You mm-hmm. can't just shoot somebody. You can't just kill another human being and have no cost occur. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we're trying to think about making arguments for – Reform. I think we also have to include the well-being of officers. You know? mm-hmm. And it's not me. You know, I don't want I, I know I'll have someone say, are you saying, you know, that we should care about blue lives or something like that? That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is, is that whenever you're trying to move into a negotiated space, you have to have a plus side for everybody. Right. You know, you're asking them to give up a huge amount of authority and all this other crap, uh, unregulated space that they're living in. Well, one of the things we can offer you is that, you know, maybe you're not going to end up with a huge trauma and go and hurt your family and Mm -hmm. hurt other people because you're not being taken care of by the force. Absolutely. And I, you know, go ahead. Well, I was just going to acknowledge, you know, how do we destigmatize mental health and that's an issue across the right. board in so many different cultures and communities right. the the stigma that comes with um, needing additional support or feeling in some ways that when we ask for help that that is a reflection of us as being weak and that's just not not true but how do we uh, provide or shift what that service is being offered to be helpful um, to those individuals and then also that we just that that there's evidence to acknowledge the increased sort of symptoms, right? That that trauma is real, and the symptomatics of trauma in in an industry like policing might manifest in, in ways of higher rates of alcoholism, violence, uh, domestic violence, and suicidality. Right. I mean, it, you know, it's there's a concept of burnout that we talk a lot about in psychology, and when you're a psychologist or a counselor or a clinician, and you see a lot of clients um, in succession and you do it for a long period of time, you can take on, you can vicariously take on the trauma that your clients have experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't do very specific things to take care of yourself over time, you will start to burn out. And one of the big symptoms of burnout is not caring anymore. You know, you start to, to look at these people as though they're numbers and you're just trying to get people in and get them out. You don't care about what's going on for them. And you start to not care about what's going on for other people around you. So your partner or your friends or your family, oh, well, your problem isn't that big a deal because you're not, you know, having this other problem that I see some client deal with. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the same can be said, I think, for any service industry job. If you're a police officer, you see so much stuff out there that if you're not taking care of yourself, you are going to burn out and you're probably going to burn out at a very quick rate. And I think that's what we're seeing a lot of times is like people who they've lost their empathy because they're not taking care of themselves and the department's not forcing it. I was listening to or I was listening to the speech that um, the chief of the Dallas, the Dallas Police Department gave um, a, like uh, last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was talking about possibly pushing um, or mandating for his officers to get uh, mental health care, you know, support. And I kept thinking, first of all, I wanted to applaud him for that. I was like, this is awesome. You're awesome. You got, you know, you got it right. I mean, I kind of, I did that for a second. Then I remembered that he sent in a bomb to blow that brother up. And that kind of 
took a little bit of the shine off, a lot of bit of the shine off. So I'm not going to sit here and say that this, you know, it's still, there's huge problems. But from a mental health uh, perspective, having your officers get help, right? Get support and get positive support. You know, it's not just about like, telling these folks that everything is all right and that they must have been justified. That's not clinical support. That's just like trying to help someone think that they're okay. Um, What they need and what should be a mandate across the board is for ongoing um, clinical support, just like any other highly traumatized, traumatizing job, like being a psychologist. We're all, we, we admonish ourselves all the time to get consultation and get counseling and get therapy and work through our own stuff. Right. That includes multicultural competence help and that includes like, uh, gender help and social justice help. And that also includes like just working on yourself and dealing with all of the demons that start to pop up after you see some of the uglier parts of society. And it's also on us as professionals when we um, observe or in relation to other psychologists that if for some reason that they're not aware of the space that they're in, that it could be impacting their work, that it's our responsibility, our ethical responsibility to bring that information to their attention, to uh, encourage them in the correct ways. And if, and if those steps aren't taken for them to take care of themselves or to meet a standard of care, that is that is that would support uh, those individuals that they are coming into contact with via their work that then our, our ethical responsibility is to report that mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that we do not um, just turn a blind eye to folks that that are not able to do their job effectively for whatever reason or another whether they are not trained or they're incompetent or they're going something through something in their lives that makes them for some reason not less able to to be effective for the people that they serve. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there, there, I think the thing that it comes down to is doing our jobs correctly, you know, following the rules that, that make them like following the rules that keep everyone safe. Right. Mm-hmm. And not letting ourselves get caught up in this idea that, you know, better than what um, trainers have told you, you know, what the community is telling you um, and the oversight that you're supposed to get um, and that you know better than to regulate the person who's doing bad stuff, right? Um, having a blue line invalidates integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, if we had a line like that in psychology, you couldn't trust us. We right. don't. Um, we snitch. We snitch hard. <laughs> if Lamisha did some some really horrible stuff that was against our ethics, Lamisha, I love you to death. I would throw you the hell under the bus straight up. And I would expect the same because we're dealing with people. Mm -hmm. This isn't like working with, you know, computers or, you know, working with robots or, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something where ethics isn't important, but it's important everywhere. Right. But like, you know, it's not breaking rocks. These are people. And if if you harm a person, you must be accountable. You know, you must be accountable. It doesn't mean that you have to end everything. It Sometimes it just means you need to fix what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But when you do things and you endanger someone, you know, you need to, that needs to be stopped. Absolutely. You know, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's my real talk about that's this whole That's Bedford's thing. rant right there. <laughs> my rant. <laughs> Is that a thing? Is yeah, a thing? you talked about having Bedford rants. I think, I think you just went on one. Okay, I went on my rant. I took up some space. I, I hear you. Um, so, um yeah, I, I, I think that uh, 
I think that where you giving me you're giving me the signal. So we're uh, we're I guess we're gonna do forty seven minute episodes from now. On. We're on the wind down. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do that wind down. So uh, yeah, uh, this was welcome. This was this was naming it. Let's uh let's do our quick little outro. Yeah. Um, so for the details about uh, the topic mentioned in the episode, uh, check our website at what's up namingitpodcast.com. Okay, so um, I am. Why don't you go ahead? Where can we find you on social media, Bedford? Okay. I don't know what you're doing with these hands. So Bedford is <laughs> like, okay, this is what's happening right now. Let's see. Like Dr. Hill is throwing me hand signals that she thinks I'm supposed to understand. We had talked about prior doing <laughs> hand signals and she said, no, we don't need those. We don't need those. And so now she's doing things that I don't understand. Because Bedford and- had got on us about the audio and he was expressing himself by clapping his hands together. I was, I was clapping my hands? Yeah, you were. You were. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I... Do you, so do y'all remember, I have this distinct memory of like watching Ricky Lake back in the day. Ricky Lake? I know, right? And every time, because all the, the audience, not the audience, but the, the guests would be mic'd up. And, and they, depending on how particularly black folks would get on the show, and they would they would. Put, Tap their chest, talking we expressively. Talk hands, they would tap on their chest, hey, and Ricky, like, Ricky would always get on and be like, "Stop banging on your microphone." Stop. Maybe she should have placed the microphone <laughs> on the forehead, like in like like the 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 cast of of uh, of um, color purple on the Broadway on Broadway. I saw that all the black folks had their mics coming out their forehead. And it's probably because we be tapping our chest. No, See, so we need forehead mics is what you're saying here. You're not talking about me smacking tables and stuff. I'm I'm just trying to bring it to your attention. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. All right. All so right. for details about the topics mentioned in this episode, check out our website. Bedford's done a great job with it. He posts up all of the different references and articles that can be helpful to, to highlight the things that we talked about. Namingitpodcast.com. Namingitpodcast.com. Um, dot com, yeah. And we're also, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Naming It Podcast. Um, where can we find you, Dr. Hill? I'm lim- simple, easy, straightforward. Twitter at Lamisha Hill. And I'm at Dr. B.F. Palmer. Um, we want to do a special uh, shout out again to Lee England Jr. The uh, soul violinist. The soul violinist. And he's at Lee England Jr on Twitter um, and you can also find some of his music on our website um, again want to thank everybody for uh, for following us and for continuing to listen to us if you like what you heard go ahead and send us a review and if there's any questions that you have or things that you want us to speak on feel free to send us a direct message and we'll try to incorporate it into the show alright keep naming it